Welcome back, Dodecadorics. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Scott as Ornan. At your service. Sabrina as Sylvie. Oh, hello. Jordan as Magram. You're most welcome. Matt as Guy. That is my name. Don't wear it out. And me, Paul, as the poor man's Billy Mays. R.I.P. We're glad you're back with us as this... No. <laughs> This is it. I'm reading. I'm reading stage direction. Sorry. Disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> I was waiting for the Billy Mays reference to make sense. Yeah, I was like, and that's it. Just leave it at that. <laughs> I realize. Well, I now. have a beard. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> okay, here we go. No, we we got this. It, it'll kind of make sense as we move forward. We're glad you're back with us in the city, the city of Redlam. I personally cannot wait to continue diving into the intrigue and mysteries that await our players. Still waiting on Billy Mays. But first, a word from our sponsor. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you ready to unlock a new level of excitement and adventure? Introducing Podagra, the podcast enhancement pill that'll have you rolling natural 20s in the bedroom. Imagine a world... <laughs> Billy Mays ever sold Viagra. He was a pitch man. He was a pitch man. Come on. Imagine. It's not, it's not Viagra. It's it's Padagra. Poor man's. Poor, poor man's, man's Billy, Billy Mays. <laughs> Imagine a world where you can give your constitution rules advantage every time. Thanks to the 12 Sided Guys podcast, you can now level up your love life with Podagra. Join us, the 12-sided guys, in our quest for epic adventures, both in and out of the bedroom. Rate, review, and become a patron today and discover the power of a podcast that will make your love life a critical hit. Padagra, for when you want your sessions to last all night with maybe a snack and bio break thrown in in the middle there somewhere. Side effects may include excessive <laughs> laughter, inability to breathe from excessive laughter after seeing tokens for specific characters, and a heightened sense of having funness. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. Podagra. When your pole arm needs the reach feature, reach for Podagra. <laughs> Ask your dungeon master if Podagra is right for you. Wait, 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 guys. Stop production of Podagra. Nobody wants Podagra. Some people already have Podagra and they don't want it either. No one wants to end up like Doran Martell. Anyway. If you never used your shouts because they would just give away the location of your sneaky archer build, then this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, episode 21. Dova, Dova, Dova. Dova, King, Dova, King, Dova, Okay, that song uh, slaps, though. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's great, yeah. What's the Doran Martell thing? He had Padagra. <laughs> so, so, when I was writing this, I realized what? that um, Padagra sounded really familiar. So, I did a quick Google search, and it turns out, oh, yeah, it's gout of the foot, specifically, usually the big toe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry everyone to bring you down. But hey, still become a patron. 
Leave us a rating and a review. Well, welcome back to the city of Redlam in Via Severia. Last time we were together, our heroes, um, Wilhelm and Associates. I was just <laughs> going to say, I was just going to say, Wilhelm and Associates. <laughs> they were accompanied by an elf who they later learned was named Eldarin. As he took them into the lair of the Ravenstone clan, the kind of head crime syndicate here in Redlam. It was uh, at the docks. They were taken into a barred door that led into a chamber deep beneath the city. There was a small little tavern full of ruffians and ragamuffins. There was also a room that had um, poop flowing through it on one corner, but also a long table where it looked like that was where councils were had amongst the Ravenstone clan. And further in, they came to the throne room where the crows actually sat. The crows were a man, a human man named Calum, who looks surprisingly like Will Arnett, and a halfling woman named Kestrel. They are husband and wife. Well, it wasn't and- very surprising when you told us that you actually used that as the prompt to create the token. <laughs> I didn't realize you would... Okay, man. Anyway. When you came into the throne room, the man Calum spoke to you and offered you a job in exchange for not turning in Wilhelm to the authorities. Uh, The job was to find the silent voice, the group of arcane magic users here in the city, and just find their leader and either bring their leader to the Ravenstone clan or at least tell the Ravenstone clan where the leader was. Nobody liked that. Um, As you were all having a discussion in another room about what to do, you were called back in and then Kestrel, the halfling woman, stood up and she gave you another option. uh, An option to instead break into the dungeons beneath the castle and rescue Calum's sister who had been, uh, looks like, arrested. Uh, Her name was Lorelai and Kestrel's concern was that Lorelai would start spilling some of the secrets of the Ravenstone clan. That is the deal that Wilhelm and Associates accepted and uh, decided to come back the next morning uh, to start their way into the dungeons to uh, rescue the sister of the crow, Calum. As you left the, uh, the sanctum of the Ravenstone clan and made your way back to the Oaken Throne, Ornan, who was still feeling quite ill uh, from the disease he got while battling the monster in Sylvanus's shrine, decided to go to bed early. As Guy and Ornan and Sylvie were having a conversation, suddenly somebody appeared at Ornan's side by the bed. A short woman, dressed in rags and ratty clothing, but with a voice unmistakable. It was Kestrel, the the crow who leads the Ravenstone clan, and she laid a platinum piece next to Ornan's head on his pillow and said, instead of rescuing Lorelai, the sister of her husband, she wanted you to silence her for good. And that is where we're at right now. Ornan is upstairs, lying in bed. This halfling woman is kneeling down next to the bed um, after having just asked him to kill her sister-in-law. Guy, Magram, and Sylvie, you are all downstairs having a conversation. Before we get back to you, I would like to finish upstairs. Ornan, what do you say as she lays this platinum piece next to you and asks you to commit murder? 
Granted, it's murder of somebody who's already locked up for crimes, mm-hmm. but it's still murder. Uh, before you go, can can you write that down? I'm really not having a great day. I've got this fever. Look, if you feel my forehead, you might you you could tell I'm I'm not doing great. So I I don't know if I'll remember what you're asking. When she touches your forehead, bite her. <laughs> write it down for me, and uh, I'll I'll tell the others. She turns back to you. She says, "How about this?" If you remember what I asked you to do, there's 20 more of those where that came from. Well, gee, that's that's quite the sum. Well, good night. (laughs) She leaves. (laughs) Ornan uh, passes out. Um, Magram and Guy and Sylvie, you are all three down in the common room having a conversation. You had been discussing trying to get in touch with Gardenia, uh, trying to figure out a way to get to her without being spotted by any of the associates of the Ravenstone clan. Problem is, you don't know who are associates of the Ravenstone clan. I still say we could probably get the bartender to tell us where uh, Ryla's room is. I I think we could probably figure that out. Okay, well, honestly, I think probably best if you ask, because coming from me, it might seem a little... um, dangerous to give out a room number to some random guy who was hitting on her on a bar earlier. Yeah, yeah, no, Sylvie Sylvie will definitely just go up to the bar and uh, order another drink and and just ask. I have a friend, Ryla, who was staying here. Um, I have some information, news I'd like to to tell her. Do you know what room she's staying in, perchance? Make a persuasion check. Come on, 15. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, okay. That's enough. What she was going to say is, come on now. If if she wanted you to know what room she was in, she would have told you. But instead, she says, oh, uh, yeah, white hair, um, kind of a sour look on her face, uh, leather clothing, smells of horses. Yes. Yes. Uh, she's uh, just upstairs on the second floor. Just right up these back steps. Room number B. Huh. Well, thank you, thank you so much. And uh, Sylvie will just kind of leave a little like silver coin on the table. <laughs> Lucky number B. <laughs> All right. So, are you going to head up the stairs, or like, what are you going to do? Uh, well, I'll go back to the table, and I'll, I'll let I'll let uh, the rest okay. of the associates know what's what's up. Okay. She's in she's in room B. <laughs> oh yes, room number B. <laughs> All right. Well. I, I can go talk to her. She'll probably be very happy to see me. I, I think I'll go with you. I don't want the bartender getting a little suspicious. Um, and Margram, if you want to go check on uh, Ornan, I know you wanted to take care of him. Yes, uh, yes, I'd be happy to do that. We'll get Gardenia here and maybe bring her up to the room when she when she arrives. That, that sounds good. I'll, I'll meet you up there. All right, I'm heading to room number B. <laughs> Room number B. And I'm never gonna let you that down, Paul. I did that, dude. I did it on purpose. <laughs> Classic. I did it on purpose. You know why? You know why I did it on purpose? Because Buzz on a, yeah. Buzz on a, a Home Alone a says two a and two D. D. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> By the way, I here, 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 everybody who's listening, um, I apologize for the mistakes I made in the Christmas episode. Um, I had not seen Home Alone for like probably 15 years, but I did watch it. Recently, after we recorded that episode, and now I know my mistakes. Um, the garage was on the wrong side of the house. I'm sorry. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you remember this, but there was never a giant spider beating a thug around about the midriff with crowbars. 
Oh my gosh! But that should have been. It would have made it better. All right. Okay, you come up the stairs, the, the back stairs. As you recall, the Oaken Throne has two sets of stairs, one in the front, one in the back. You come up the back stairs to the second floor, and you see uh, room B. Sylvie, you knock on the door, and uh, it is opened. You see this um, thin woman. She is attractive. She's the kind of... Uh, she doesn't smile very often. I wouldn't say she has RBF, but... Actually, didn't I say she has RBF? Yes, you did. <laughs> so she has RBF. Um, she has this white hair, uh, but she's young. It's like it's like her hair went silver, um, went silver young. Um, she is dressed in uh, like leather clothes. You can uh, see that she is uh, been working on something in her room, like a ledger. It's uh, spread out on the bed. She's got a small chest, and as uh, she opens the door, um, she says, "Oh, Sylvie, come on in." And then she turns around and closes the chest. Um, you catch just a glimpse of some coins in there. You see a lot of silver, um, a lot of copper, and even a few gold in there. She says, "Yeah, oh, come on in. Uh, what do you need?" And then she sees Guy behind you, and she says, "Guy, hi, Ryla. We need a cop." <laughs> She's like, Ex- "Excuse me." Oh, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Oink, oink. Ryla, we need a you favor. Need a cop. You need a favor. Okay. We need a favor. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for this favor, we were hoping you would go... Do you remember Gardenia? Yes, I remember Gardenia. Yeah. She saved my life multiple times. We're friends forever now. Yeah, she's pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay, so you wouldn't mind going to see her and maybe inviting her over here for a drink or something after work. You need Gardenia here to to speak with her. Yes, and we can't be seen going out to fetch her. Oh, well, that's interesting. Why can't you be seen going out to fetch Gardenia? Oh, you know, I have a reputation to uphold with all my homies. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Jeez. You can tell that she is intrigued. She's like, all right, uh, keep your secrets. <laughs> okay, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. You got... Frodo's not the only person who can say that line, okay? Other people can say, keep your secrets. I didn't say, keep your secrets. I didn't say it like Frodo does. <laughs> Although I was tempted to. <laughs> I can tell you were doing the, the cute little side eye, though, that he does. <laughs> <laughs> I totally was. I even took off my socks and I'm wearing like some brown kind of <laughs> suspender pants and everything. It's all good. <laughs> suspender pants. I got some amazing socks for Christmas that my parents gave me that are just covered with my face. <laughs> it's so <laughs> random. Oh my God, amazing. Speaking <laughs> of socks. <laughs> okay, l- l- listen. We just, we, we need help from Gardenia and it's urgent and we could potentially be in danger if we're seen approaching her. You should be fine, though. Uh, make a persuasion check. I'll buy you a drink. You'll buy me a bottle. Right, I'll buy you a bottle. Two bottles. Yes, Sylvie, you're right. Yes, you'll buy me two <laughs> bottles. I think that's fair, Guy. Yeah, or yes, should I, I say, <laughs> Shut up. Gee. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how mercenary um, Ryla is. I don't know if I would trust her knowing that I am a wanted person and have a bounty on my head. She kind of, uh, she 
pulls a little key out of her out of her like waistband and she uh, locks the chest. She closes up the book, sets it on top of the chest. She's like, well, okay, I'll go find Gardenia and you will buy me two bottles. She should be at the constabulary in the high ward, she said. All right, well, I'll be back shortly, Guy. And then she says, she walks out, she says, Sylvie, and she kind of gives you a little nod. And she looks back at you again, she says, Guy. And she gives you a look. <laughs> you know. I know. You know the look she gives you. I Well, Guy does. Explain yes. it for Matt. Oh, I've no. been married for a long time. I, I don't know what she gives I don't know you. what flirting looks like. <laughs> it's a flirtatious look. Oh, okay, it's good. A, it's okay. a hot look. It's a hot look. <laughs> okay. He's like, okay. why is she angry at me? <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. Um, you guys all leave the room. Uh, you guys head back downstairs. Ryla leaves the inn. Magram, you head upstairs to the third floor as this conversation was happening with Ryla. And I'm moving you outside of the bounds of time and space. Back to your room. I can right. see everything all at once. <laughs> ah! Oh, here we go. It's too much. It's a roundabout way to get to your room, but yeah, it's pretty efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Most people take the stairs. All right, uh, Magram, you step into this room. This room is, uh, as, I, uh, as you recall, it's on the... The south end of the building is on the third floor, but there's this big uh, like window. You're up right under the peak of the roof, uh, overlooking the front doors of the Oaken Throne. Magram, you step into the room. You see Ornan has um, laid down on one of the bottom bunks in this room. Uh, Ornan, you're not asleep, but you see Magram step in. Um, I'm guessing that if Ornan is just kind of resting... Malgram's just going to kind of go over to his he own. He just farts, like, so loud. <laughs> and messes oh. himself. <laughs> oh, no! Jeez, oh, no. you couldn't have done that before I got here? Oh. You didn't have the jar ready? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. You're oh, Hold man. on, let me get one out of my pack. No, uh, so <laughs> Malgram's going to go over to his pack and pull out um, a book that he has on hand that has some potion like recipes and it's also got some things that he's written down related to rituals under Kelimvor's power and he's going to be looking up um, something that he might be able to throw together to see what he can do to help Ornan's disease so it's it's his way of kind of reflavoring you know the work he's going to do to change up some of his prepared spells got it very cool all right you are up here um just kind of doing a little bit of research. Ornan, you are trying not to mess yourself. Guy and Sylvie are downstairs. Um, Guy, you got to buy two bottles. Two bottles is going to cost you two gold. Oh, see, that's the price of it. That's the correct price of drinks. Okay, I'm going to buy two good ones. So we'll say three gold. gold. Oh, three oh, gold. Eight gold. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking top shelf because... Yeah, <laughs> you see, you see this yeah, this woman, this dwarven woman uh, bartender. She uh, she's like, oh, top, okay. So she goes and she gets a little stool. She gets some of these balls down off off the top shelf, and she actually blows the dust off of them. And she's like, not much call for this here, but here you go. And then you give her eight gold, and you have now two bottles of some very nice champagne. <laughs> nice. Are you French? <laughs> that was so French. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here is my question. Um, do you want me to play Gardenia right now, Sylvie, or do you want to play Gardenia? I so want Sabrina to play Gardenia. 
I mean, I'm, I'm happy to try as long as I know what I'm supposed to know is my biggest concern. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that the only thing is, I mean, you are a constable. You are now dealing less with, like, um, the Baron specifically and more with just keeping the peace around town. You would know who the Ravenstone clan are. You would know the names of the leaders, but not necessarily what they look like. Um, you would know... Um, do they have any spiders with crowbars on staff? <laughs> you would not know where the Ravenstone clan, um, like their, their hall is. You wouldn't know that. Um, what else? Any other questions that you've got then before we do this? Uh, no, no, let's, let's roll, roll tide. Okay. After a few, uh, a few minutes, uh, probably closer to an hour, dinner is being served. The common room is filling up with people. Um, drinks are being uh, poured out. Uh, people are eating uh, some, looks like some ham and some carrots. Looks like there's a stew being made as well as uh, bread and uh, other, uh, like some uh, like river trout has been caught and is being served up as well. Um, and people are just enjoying themselves here uh, in the Oaken Throne. After about an hour, you see Ryla return, and behind her steps in a familiar figure. It is Gardenia. She is wearing leather armor for some reason now. <laughs> as Ryla shows up, though, I will hand her one of the bottles, and then I'll okay. say, She says, I'll you- be. What? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. She said, "Oh my God, you guys are so cute." <laughs> <laughs> you go first. No, you. No, you go first. I'll hand her one of the bottles and I'll say, "I'll be by later with the other." <laughs> she okay. Make a perception. Make a perception check. Okay. Make uh, a persuasion check, more like. No perception. No, no, no. She. He already did a lot of persuasion. I only rolled a ten. Okay, um, why don't you, uh, Sylvie and Gardenia, both make perception checks. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, Gardenia got a 16, and Sylvie got a 16. That- oh, nice. Okay. Oh, very nice. <laughs> right. Um, you both, both, of the, both of, the, uh, of the women here see Ryla just bite her bottom lip just the slightest little bit as she heads back upstairs to her room holding a bottle of expensive alcohol. Okay. Champagne. It's champagne. Champagne. Well, Gee, clearly you didn't call me here for companionship. What's uh what's going on? Oh, I don't I don't date cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I got a reputation to maintain with my own. <laughs> Oh my god. Gardini, would you kind of have a conversation with our entire party up in our room? Oh, I'm I'm not sure I I don't know how I gave you that impression. Um <laughs> I, I'm flattered. Not, when I say party, I don't mean let's go party. I mean uh, Wilhelm and Associates apparently is what we're calling oh. ourselves now. Oh, that sounds very professional. Okay, that's much yeah. better. Yeah, no, we can do that. Let's head up to the room. Yeah, I moved you all to the bottom. I figured out a faster way to do it instead of dragging you guys around. I copy you, and then I delete you, and then I paste you where I want you. Isn't that like a Star Trek thing? <laughs> Is that an extra step to control X, control V? <laughs> It, I don't. Well, I was looking at the options on here, and the cut is not an option. Uh, Copy is, okay, and then okay. delete. 
it's the roll twenty. It's not. It's not. It's not MS Paint. <laughs> MS Paint. <laughs> no, Paul, that's, that's Paul's graphic design tool of choice. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. All right, yeah, you guys are all up here in the room. You see that Magram is uh, doing his studying. Ornan is uh, lounging in bed, but everyone is still currently awake. Unless Ornan, you fall asleep. Oh, Ornan's out. He was not feeling good. Okay. He is clutching one uh, platinum in his hand. Oh, so he never got to communicate what the uh, the new the new mission would be either. Nope. Nice. Um. So as they come in, Margram's going to kind of look up from his book and say, "Ah, I'm glad that you're all back." Um. And Gardenia, it's good to see you. Well, it's it's good to be here, but. I'm not quite sure why I'm here. I'm going to be frank with you, Gardenia. We've we've fought together. We've bled together. We are allies. And I know that I can trust you. I have not always been as law-abiding as I am today. And there is an organization using their knowledge of my past against me. I'm being blackmailed. I'm being blackmailed by the Ravenstone clan. Ah. That makes sense. Uh, thank, thank you for telling me. Uh, that's some dangerous business that you've got yourself into. Any idea how you... Well, what kind of business did you get yourself into? Any idea of that? They want us to break into the Keep's dungeon and rescue someone named Lorelei. Would I know who that is, Paul? You would not, no. Okay. Apparently she's very closely connected to the leaders, or the the crows. Actually, never mind, you would you would have heard that, that somebody connected to uh, Ravenstone uh, was, was recently arrested. The name Lorelei does sound right. But you wouldn't necessarily know how connected she is. But you know that she's associated with Ravenstone. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I would basically say that and be like, yeah, I, I've uh, I heard that that someone was arrested. Um, but I mean, if she's in if she's in the keeps in the dungeons, I, I mean, I there's little I can do to help. Well, we don't want help getting her out. We were thinking maybe. We could use this as an opportunity for you and your forces to crack down on the Ravenstone clan. Like, as in you guys would uh, double-cross double them? We don't want to do crime. Crime ain't cool. <laughs> <laughs> Mogram's nodding his head vigorously. Yeah. That is... I am a cop, and that is the squarest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I just got called a square by a cop. <laughs> uh, the cop's like, narc, narc. <laughs> Are you asking uh, me to just go in and arrest the entire Ravenstone clan? I mean, that's that would be impossible. They're, you know, kind of a big deal. Well, not just you. I, you could get a, a posse together or whatever you... Sheriff folk do. Gee, if you think that not knowing the location of the Ravenstone clan was the only reason they haven't been taken out of the city, you are sorely mistaken on 
the uh, state of politics. Well, can't you get them on, like, tax evasion or something? Work with Scarface. Probably, but I can't. <laughs> Look, I'd be, I'd be happy to do what I can to help you into the dungeon if I have any knowledge of the layout or any way to grease up the guards getting you in. I'm, I'm happy to help you with that. But I'm not sure I can attack the Raven, Ravenstones. So here's the deal, Gardenia. You actually do know some things about the dungeon. So I'll tell you what you know, and if you want to share this, you can. You know that the dungeon is three levels. There is uh, the highest level is your your normal kind of cells. There is um, some sort of a, a torture chamber is the wrong word. There's a place where people get answers to questions, right? Um, <laughs> and then there interrogation. is... Interrogation. Enhanced interrogation chamber. Yes. There are some cells there that are close by, but that is actually not... Um, that's not where the, the worst criminals go. Further down, there is um, this massive... Well, it's a... It's technically not an oubliette, but they call it an oubliette. It's, it's this large chamber, uh, probably like 120 feet across, um, with a five-foot walkway around the outside. And there is a like a 40-foot pit. Um, it's like 100 feet across. And uh, they put uh, criminals in there. They'll toss them down food or send them down things with a bucket. But there's basically just some scraps of like blanket and pillows. And there's some straw down there. And it is um, terrible except there's even one level lower and that is um, a level that is called the black cells where there is no light um, the doors are never opened these people are locked away there is a small little doggy door basically to slide food in um, but you are aware that food might be once a week and oftentimes buckets of like poop and pee are not collected at all um, and uh, basically, that's a place where people are sent to be forgotten and to die. And is that where I think Lorelai would be? No, you think she'd probably be uh, probably in the highest level. Okay. Maybe she might be in the oubliette, but but she would not be down in the lowest level. That's the level for like, you know, um, political prisoners um, who are like. Uh, it's it's where they put the man in the iron mask. Yeah, exactly. Somebody who might uh, upset the claim that you have for being the Baron, that they might go there. Um, or, you know, some, some sort of treasonous general. Wait, somebody with an even cooler name than Baron Thorn Darkheart? <laughs> there is no such thing as a cooler name. With a bunch of extra E's in there for some reason? <laughs> so, so you know about the dungeon. You also know that there is one way in, um, and it comes right through... Like, if you're coming through the castle, uh, it comes right through um, not the barracks, but a small barracks where um, some of the guards that stay in the castle, they patrol the castle itself, like, inside, um, where they kind of have their rooms when they're on duty. Um, and uh, it's it's one way in and one way back out. Um, and you also, why don't, Gardenia, why don't you make a, a history check just to see what else you might know? Gardenia rolled a 14. The only other thing that you would know is that there are like guards patrolling down there, like down further in like, like around the oubliette and down in the dark cells. Um, but um, uh, you're not sure how many or how well armed or how well trained. You do know that the head jailer is a half orc um, and he has like this assistant slash apprentice who is, uh, they both are known for being slightly sadistic. 
like a little off the deep end. Okay. Um, so I think what I would say to Guy uh, off the bat would just be to say, I doubt someone like Lorelai is being held in the, the worst parts of the prison. Um, they're likely in the jail at the, at the top. I'm not quite sure what else I can do to, to help you, but I'm I'm happy to share what knowledge I can. But this is extremely dangerous for me. Are, are you sure this is what you want to do? It's extremely dangerous for all of us, and we were hoping to find a way out. I have an idea. Gardenia, I don't know. <laughs> I apologize for looping you into this. Um, clearly, this individual, Lorelai, is privy to information that the Ravenstone clan does not want to be divulged and perhaps finds threatening. If we can liberate her from the dungeons, but instead of returning her back to the Ravenstone clan to do with her whatever they will, we find a way to allow her to escape undetected from their, um, from their gaze that becomes leverage that we will then have over them. That if they ever try to... Essentially, we can tell them, hey, we did what you wanted. You do not have to fear anything. She is not going to be telling the barony any information that you do not wish to be divulged. However, we are aware of what the information was, and we know where she is and can call upon her to testify or to um, reveal this information to the barony in dramatic fashion and so with this we basically call it a truce with Ravenstone we say don't come after us do not seek us do not seek to leverage the information you have on Guy and we likewise will not leverage the information that we have on them and potentially disrupt their operations and everyone can go their happy separate ways yeah that sounds like smart and like it would work and everything but I just I think it would be really awesome if we had like one party like doing the jailbreak and then Gardenia leading another party like leading a sneak attack and we come back in and we pincer them or something cool and we have this really cool like two part episode with two fights with two different parties <laughs> that would be cool yes that's true well my biggest concern <laughs> is I, I, I'm worried what if Lorelai doesn't you know what if she wants to go back her her family and her her friends at, with the raven stones. You guys are talking so loud. Uh, so when are we gonna go and attack them? We're going to their base, right? To go and just confront them all and and send them to prison. I just look at Gardenia. <laughs> They've been around for a long time. I I don't think that uh, their empire is gonna crumble that easily. Oh hey, real quick! You'll never believe who came to visit me. Well, uh, you all were downstairs. Um, the little one, the bride, uh, what, whatever her name was, <laughs> she wants me to kill her. She said she'll pay me 20 platinum to kill the sister instead of bringing her in. Wait, she was here? She talked to you here? Did you dream this? Unless, unless it was a fever dream, which I really don't <laughs> think it is because I'm holding a platinum. <laughs> that I don't think was from my pack. At first, when you said she wanted to pay us money to kill her, I thought you meant like, to have us kill her herself, like, to off her. Like, she's miserable oh. and needs somebody to take care of it. Yeah. It's honestly, same. Honestly, looking at, the, looking at the state of her husband, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past her. 
Sure. Maybe I misunderstood her, but it might have been a fever dream. This might have been a platinum for my pack. I'm going to run over to the window and try to see if I can see anybody out, like, on the roof or anything. Okay. Make a perception check. It's a nat 24. 24. Ooh, I have to honor the natural 20. I like how Brennan Lee Mulligan made ghosts real because somebody <laughs> rolled a net 20 to talk to a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, okay, as you look out the window at the street beyond, you can see that lamps are lit on the streets um, and it is now um, almost fully dark. Um, you uh, you look around to, to see if you can uh, spot anything and you see in the corner between two uh, buildings, you see that there is uh, a shape. You can't see much more than the fact that you see the light from one of the torches reflect off something metallic, and then you see a little shifting, and otherwise you can't tell who is out there. But somebody is kind of hanging out uh, across the street, potentially watching the front of the of the inn. Okay, I'm going to um, take off my shirt, give him a show. <laughs> Fantastic. Wait, why is your shirt off, Guy? <laughs> <laughs> is it that time already? Bagram starts unbuttoning his shirt. <laughs> Gardenia, I'm sorry that you are here for this. Gardenia starts slowly backing out. I guess I was I was kind of fibbing about the party. <laughs> oh my gosh. I said I wasn't into this. I, I appreciate the offer, but I'm not feeling well. I'll have to pass. I'll put my shirt back on. Oh my god. Come away from the window. There is somebody watching the front of the building, it looks like out there. Be careful. And, and you think it's the the leader of the Ravenstones that's out there? I don't know. I, I couldn't make out any, like, details, but there was... It looked like there could be somebody watching. Well, I mean, Kestrel was here, I think, unless it was a fever dream. Uh, but yeah, Kestrel was here in the room. Told me to kill her sister-in-law. Well, that might be easier than getting her to escape. <laughs> this, is, this is really an odd thing to come from a police officer's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> you guys brought me here to help you. <laughs> Wait, I thought you were going to help us go and raid them and help us take them down. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. Y'all white white knight in there. Take down the, the thieves guild that's been in this town for hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> so Gardenia, actually as you as you start to say that, you realize that Ravenstones have shown up about twenty years ago. It's like more than half my life. It's a long time. <laughs> so it sounds like Gardenia's a big old wuss and doesn't want to <laughs> bust up a organized crime ring or her third day on the job. <laughs> if you want me to try to get the constables involved. <laughs> she doesn't know an archer or a wizard. Or some dude in an alley with a knife. <laughs> a guy with a knife. <laughs> well, so what? Let's let's go over our options then. I I had the option of trying to uh, liberate Lorelai and get her to leave, so that way the Stone Ravens don't get what they want in their entirety, and we have some sort of protection. The other option is to try to kind of do the uh, the double cross and take out the Ravenstones and see if Gardenia can assist us with having the town help. 
what are our other options? Uh, to kill Lorelai completely and do exactly what the Stone, the Ravenstone clan want us to do? Well, we talked about maybe leaving town and, and going into the woods to look at some of those those uh, ruins. So perhaps we just tell the Baron all the things and then just, uh, you know, get out of Dodge. I like being in the city, though. I have a bed here. I could probably fit a bed for you in my backpack if you like. <laughs> Leave town. Uh, try to double cross the Ravenstones. Do the actual mission. Or do the mission with the extra step of killing her. That's kind of the four options. Well, Gardenia, couldn't you go find out what secrets this lady has and tell the Baron and then go and arrest those people? I cannot casually walk down to the prison cells and uh, into the interrogation chamber, no. No, I cannot do that after just returning. Um, yeah, no. I know. We we make our way there. Gardenia, um, anything you could do to help us get there would be appreciated, but you've already done a lot by just explaining the layout and everything. But we make our way to her cell, and we scare her. We let her know that we're there to kill her and that the Ravenstone clan wants to kill her and we use that information to get her to turn state's witness. That's actually not a bad idea. That could work. I do think it'd be really cool if we had a second party and come back and do like this cool two-part battle thing, but... Well, I could definitely maybe help (laughs) distract the guards up front. I think I could probably, I don't know, do something to at least kind of create a little distraction. What if we? What if we went and searched for that uh, Sephora gal? She's probably, you know, someone that we might be able to bend her ear, let her know what's going on, and she could go and get the Baron to take some action, and uh, we could wipe our hands from this whole thing and and uh, go about our business. Wouldn't that mean admitting who Gee is? Who, uh, what do you mean, Gardenia? Gee's just Gee. No, I think Sylvie would have said that. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> no, we don't, I don't think we need to admit anything. Your vo- the voices for the two characters are very similar, Sabrina. <laughs> if you want, you want some notes. They're very similar. <laughs> Gosh. Well, but wouldn't the uh, the Ravenstones would just tell them any of the blackmail that they have on us, which is the whole point of not right. Here's what you guys would know, right? If you guys decide to just take off, you'd have to do it now because they're expecting you in the morning um, at first light. So you can assume that if you're not there at first light um, to go and start this, that, um, Guy, your name is going to be given to the authorities. Number two, there is another option, and that is going after the silent voice, uh, trying to find the leader of the silent voice. That is another option. I feel like that one is completely out, though. I'm not even considering that one. Okay. Actually, maybe the silent voice would be more receptive partners to doing an ambush against the uh, Ravenstone clan, because apparently the cops don't want anything to do with bringing out organized crime. (laughs) I didn't say we don't want anything to do with it. I'm just saying that I don't think it's going to be as easy as just calling us in and being like, yo, here's their coordinates. Well, and that's the thing, too, is Gardenia would know that um, the history of the Ravenstone clan here in town, the constables have, quote, come close multiple times to shutting them down, and it's never ended well for the constabulary. Yeah. 
you guys might pick off ones and twos here and there. There's always more to take their place. And I mean, as you saw in the throne room, they don't even have a detailed picture of what Kestrel looks like. Well, thank you for your time, Gardenia. Magram, I think I'm leaning now if, if if an assault on the Ravenstones is not an option. I am definitely leaning more toward what you had said, Magram. We go, we go in, we talk to her, we scare her into giving up the information to the Baron. And we could then, then we could use that information to bring down the Ravenstone clan. Yes, I mean, whether we take them down now or at least have it as insurance to ensure they don't come after you again. I think we should just practice reacting to the word Wilhelm Lionstorm. And just, <laughs> we, should, we should start training you and like classical conditioning ring the bell and see if you drool type deal. <laughs> right. If I recall, I think I threw up when I heard your name before. <laughs> it does yes, have that effect did. on people. It is very impressive. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. As you guys are finishing up this conversation here in the room, um, what is everyone going to do kind of with the rest of their night before we fast forward to the morning? Oh, I, I only need four hours of trancing, so I'm going to go to Ryla's room. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. As uh, as Guy leaves and goes into Ryla's room, suddenly it fades to black. Sylvie <laughs> <laughs> puts in her headphones and tries to go to sleep. Is it is it like Fable 2 where it fades to black and you hear like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, chicken chaser. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and sometimes they say the same thing over again. Ooh. And then it's like literally, ooh, like the exact same sound. Bite. Like, come on, give me something different. <laughs> come on, this, this is all I got. Give me something different. <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. After a breakup in college, I would rent, uh, I would rent ex- uh, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. A man's that's pretty great. Got to do what a man's <laughs> got to do. Okay. Oh man. All right. So, uh, Magram and Sylvie and Ornan, what are you the rest? What are you guys going to do with the rest of the night? Ornan, I'm guessing you're probably just going to crash and try to get uh, some good sleep so you can make a Constitution save in the morning. Yeah, I I do still kind of want to go and try and find Sephora. Okay. Um, I think Magram, after he finishes reading his book, he's starting to work on a few kind of potions and things kind of concocting something that he's going to use to try to see if he can help um, restore and remove the disease that Ornan's got. So he'll do with that a little bit before going to bed. Okay. And I think Sylvie will bust open that book that she got from the Druids and see if she can glean any other good info from there. Okay. Why don't you make an investigation check as you are looking through this book? All right. That is a 17. Awesome. Great. A 17 investigation. So, um, Sylvie, I'll get you um, a write-up of the things that you find uh, in between sessions. All right. You all go to sleep. Um, Some of you in different beds than you uh, normally have been sleeping in. Wow. He stayed the night, huh? (laughs) Oh, no. I I was there for a bit, but I came back for for my four hours of trancing in my normal bed. Okay. Okay. So, Guy does wake up in his bed. Ornan, I want you to make a constitution saving throw. I don't have disadvantage on um, saving throws. It's just a bit like skill checks and stuff, right? Correct. I got a 12. 
Oh, man. And the difficulty to save is... Oh, it's a 15. Go ahead and roll a d10 for me. Oh, no. I got a three. Okay, your maximum hit points are reduced by three. So you are now full hit points minus four. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, Everybody else wakes up. You see that it is not quite um, sun up. You guys... Um, you guys have gotten up a little bit before the sun, so you can get back to Ravenstone clan before, um, the sun comes up fully. What do you guys want to do, uh, before heading out? Uh, I think I'm, I just going to get my stuff together. I'm ready to go. Uh, I have this potion, which has brewed all night, which I think will help with Ordnance recovery. And it's, it's just my reflavoring of casting lesser restoration. Okay. This smells quite interesting. It has all RP. Oh, oh, <laughs> wait. So I'm consuming everyone here. It's got a little bit of love from all of us, plus a little bit of urine. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you give him that potion and you expend that spell slot. Um, and Ornan, you drink this potion down. It probably tastes pretty terrible, but you do feel better. You are no longer diseased, Ornan. You are still, however, missing the four hit points, uh, but your maximum is back to normal. Ooh, whatever you put in there makes me feel right as rain. All right. You all gather your things together, um, unless there's anything else you want to do before the sun comes up, and you head back to the docks and the entrance to the Ravenstone clan hideout. As you uh, approach the docks and this um, this gate that is uh, set into the wall, uh, you see that Eldarin uh, is standing there. Um, dark hair, dark skin. Uh, he nods as you approach, and he says, You made the right choice. I was worried that you might try to run. Wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> Your bosses didn't give us much of a choice. What do they have on you? What do you mean, what do they have on me? I'm I'm Ravenstone. Right, but you're okay being a hostage? I would do anything for the Ravenstone clan, even if it means helping you get to the dungeon of Umbral Thornkeep. Again, Magram, you sense um, worry and um, maybe a hint of fear as well. He says, well, if you'll follow me, I'll take you back down to the hall. I believe that the crows would like to speak with you before we go. Um, he takes you back into the sewers slash storm drains beneath the city. The smell of poop and pee flowing by in rivers is... is Every uh, time you say poop everywhere. and pee, Polly. <laughs> 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 it's like you're talking to a child. There's caca. So I was going to say <laughs> but we are, uh, we're, we're not blue. Uh, you head back towards uh, the chamber that has the staircase that leads down into the actual Ravenstone Hall, and you come into this antechamber. Last time you were here, there were two kind of tough, grizzled folk who were sitting there. Um, one was cleaning their nails, one had scars, and uh, they are no longer there. As you come down the stairs, you can see that uh, the door leading into the tavern area is open, but you don't hear any of the noise or the chatter. You don't see anybody through the door. But standing in front of the door, you see the crows. You see Calum and Kestrel, the two leaders of the Ravenstone clan. Calum 
He's dressed in fine clothing. He looks a bit like Will Arnett, but in a fantasy setting. And he, uh, as you come down the stairs, he says, well, it's good to see you. So we had a deal. You can ask each of us one question and then Eldarin will escort you through the sewers and to the dungeon. So, oh, I, I have a question. Kestrel, why did you want your sister-in-law killed? Oh, and I won't be doing that, so you can have your platinum back. Well, that was a decision we could have made together, but I... <laughs> oh, I love that. <sighs> okay, I just made a couple of rolls. I'm sorry, guys. I had to. Honestly, full respect. Very messy. Low yes. spill of the tea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Caleb looks at Kestrel and looks back at you and says, there's no possible way you and he kind of looks back at Kestrel and he says there's no way you would have my sister my my own blood killed and then Kestrel kind of says no I, I wouldn't do that they're they're trying to get between us and Caleb says I have a knife stab <laughs> <laughs> and then they there start stabbing are, each other there, and we win <laughs> there were some rolls made Caleb says no Kestrel, no, there's there's truth to what he says, isn't there? Kestrel looks at Calum and she says, Calum, I love you, but your sister is a liability. She has caused more trouble by opening her mouth where she shouldn't. She got caught. She is in the Baron's custody right now. You must see that she is a liability. And Caleb says, she is my sister. And you see he reaches for a blade at his hip. Yes! Kestrel says, if you reach for that blade, it will be the last thing you do. And now, I am going to have a roll for intimidation and a roll for initiative. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to roll two two intimidation checks. And um, the first is Caleb. Oh my gosh. Who has who has the higher intimidation score? That's the question. So Caleb oh rolled a God. natural 20 for intimidation. Kestrel rolled a 19 for intimidation. Oh man. Oof. This is spicy and I like it. This got super spicy. All right. Caleb draws a blade. We are rolling initiative. Oh, jeez. You just ruined a marriage here. I, I'm sorry we won't be able to see your dungeon map, Paul. <laughs> um, let me uh, pull up some stat blocks that I was not expecting to use, but thank goodness I have them. Oh, jeez. golly. This is spicy. I love this stuff. Orden got a 13. Gee got a 19. Uh, Margram got a 19 as well. Sylvie got an 18, but it didn't send to the tracker. Sorry. Guys, I'm so sorry, but I love how this turned out. I didn't mean to... Honestly, oh, dear. amazing. This, yeah, <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. Jeez, we are all way at the top of the initiative, aren't we? Except for that one poor Nat one. Yeah, uh, that's Eldarin. Probably for the best. <laughs> Mom and dad are fighting. <laughs> okay. 
That was a lot of talking last night for, <laughs> for this to be the plan. I love it. Okay, um, you guys are in the antechamber to Ravenstone Hall. It looks like everybody has cleared out uh, from what you can tell from this uh, facility. You are in the antechamber, which is a 25 foot by 25 foot room. There are stairs coming down uh, from the level above uh, up in the northeast corner. There is a doorway into the tavern on the western wall. There are a couple of benches. Um, There is also a mosaic on the floor that I did not describe last time, but there's a mosaic of a peach that has been um, actually put on the floor as decoration. We have on the western wall, standing in front of the doorway leading further into the the Ravenstone uh, Hall, we have Calum and Kestrel standing next to each other. Then, more in the middle and towards the stairs, we have Wilhelm and Associates, as well as Eldarin. And we are going to the top of the initiative with Kestrel. Kestrel, seeing Calum draw a blade, is going to reach down and draw her own blade. A short sword. With a bonus action, she's going to disengage and move back into the tavern. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. She backs up for some more space. That is her turn. It is now, with initiative 20, Calum's turn. Calum is going to move in after her. As Calum moves in after her, rushing towards her, he draws a scimitar from his belt. And as he reaches up to strike down at her, Kestrel uses her prepared attack and strikes first. Three attacks with her short sword. Oh, jeez. 17, 16, and 26. That is going to be three hits. Holy crap. Dealing 40 damage to Caleb. What? (laughs) (laughs) That would kill me instantly. Then Caleb swings back and attacks at his wife, making three attacks with his scimitar. Actually, two attacks with his scimitar and then one attack with a dagger in his other hand. One hit with the scimitar and one hit with the dagger. That will be 15 damage back to Kestrel. Which brings us to Guy. Seeing what's happening, Guy is going to move uh, up into the room 20 feet, just inside the door. Okay. And then he's actually going to pass between up to the door on the north and stand in the hallway just inside that door there. Okay. Well, Guy, as you move through, you see as you enter the tavern, there is nobody else in here. Okay. And as you pass between into the the doorway heading north into that kind of conference room that has the set of trestle tables set up in a long line, you can see that there's also nobody there as well. It seems like everybody packed up and left uh, this building. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out that maybe they all left because you might have double-crossed them. Okay. Anything else you're going to do, Guy? I am going to... What? Hauser. Doogie Hauser. (laughs) I said anything else you're going to do, Guy Hauser. Oh, jeez. I'm going to prepare... Uh, there, so, so there's something I really want to do, but I, I want to see them like whittle each other down a little bit more first. So I'm actually just going to prepare to do an arcane burst, um, and I'm going to target whomever ends up on top if one of them goes down. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to hold it until I see somebody come out on top, and then I'm going to attack that person who came out on top. Okay. 
Now that brings us to Magrim. Magrim, you are still standing back in the entry chamber next to Eldarin. Eldarin um, is standing there, this uh, elf man. He is reaching for a sword at his waist. Um, with your passive perception, you can see um, that he is torn. What are you going to do, Magrim? I'm going to turn towards him and, like, pull open my cloak um, to show, like, a crossbow bolt that's been loaded with a strong paralytic dart. And I'm going to pump this into him at, like, point-blank range. He needs <laughs> oh to do a DC 15 wisdom save or he'll be paralyzed. <laughs> nice. Oh, my gosh. That is going to be... Um, he rolled a 10. So he is paralyzed. Yes. Amazing. Good. <laughs> um, and then with that, I will just kind of come in here on the room and move up a little bit to the north along the edge of the room to see the fight between these two take place. Okay. Sylvie, it is your turn. Um, I think at this point, honestly, Sylvie is just going to walk into the room and kind of stand next to Magram uh, and observe these two doing whatever they're they're going to do. But she is going to um, reserve an action as well. And if things get out of hand, she is going to cast uh, her Witch Bolt on, a, again, kind of whoever ends up on top. Got it. Okay. So, Ornan, it's your turn. You are back in this entry chamber next to Eldarin, who is now, there's a dart sticking out of his neck, um, and looks like he is paralyzed, at least for the moment. Ornan is going to run into the room. I'm going to stand where I'm engaged with Caleb. Uh, my intention is to block the path. Like, if he moves to attack any of my friends or myself, then I will attack anyone that moves, like, past me. Got it. Okay, and that now brings us to Eldarin. Eldarin is paralyzed and gets to make this save now at the end of their turn. Um, what is the uh, target number again? It does not matter. <laughs> Eldarin rolled a natural one and is still <laughs> paralyzed. Memories nice. of Serena being pushed off of a balcony uh, are flooding back to my brain. Which brings us now to the top of the round and Kestrel's turn. We'll play this one at a time. She takes an attack against Calum. Hitting with an 18. Dealing 10 damage to Calum. She strikes out again with her short sword with a 15 to hit. And that will actually, that will hit. Barely. Oh no. You see Calum starting to like back up, trying to get away from his wife, but she is, she is just so fast. He can't get away. That is going to be 13 damage. You can see Kestrel is like shouting at Calum, uh, saying, you let your love for your sister come between us, and it's bringing down Ravenstone clan. And then she's going to strike one more time against her husband and miss with a nine. How's he looking, by the way? Rough. He is looking incredibly rough. That oh, was her attack. She is now going to use a bonus action, disengage, and she's going to... Leap over the bar. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. She has moved behind the bar um, away from Calum and away from uh, kind of everybody. She's in this back corner. She's kind of close to the door to get out, but she will have to jump over uh, the bar again as Calum now takes his turn. Calum is bleeding from multiple cuts, multiple wounds, and... Um, Calum is going to make a save right now. Calum has three attacks. He is going to move 
again towards his wife, but before he gets to her, he moves past Ornan, and he's going to slash out at you and say, you son of a bitch, you ruined it all! 17 to hit? That will miss. Nice. That That's aggressive, right? That means Ornan gets to do his reaction. Yeah, you get to make your attacks then. It was 17 and a 21 to hit. Okay, yeah, Whoa, they will nice. both hit. The first, oh, the first one, uh, 11 piercing damage. Calum had two hit points <laughs> left. Oh, oh, uh, what happens? Um, again, I just go right into the throat and the soft bits and the, the war pick just punctures straight into his jugular. It's messy when he pulls it out. Oh, jeez. And Calum drops Ooh. to the ground Oofta. dead. As he falls, Kestra lets out a, no! But now... There was only one standing, and some people had some readied actions. That's true. You want to go first, Sylvie? All right. Sylvie will cast a Witch Bolt, and that is a 21 to hit. That'll hit. So- oh, oh. <laughs> Four. 19 damage. Oh, my gosh. And then we're connected. Jeez. All right. And Gee, what are you going to do? Uh, you got my, arc- my Arcane Blast coming, and I'll say, Oopties. And the first one, the blue ball was only a nine to hit. That'll miss. But the amber crow fitting is a 23 to hit for seven force damage. All right. That is Caleb's turn, <laughs> which uh, triggered a lot of different effects. We are now to Gi. I'm close enough. I'm within 30 feet. So I'm going to use my bonus action to write her name in my book. I'm going to write it to my name that her name now Kestrel appears on the page of castigating inscriptions. Um, And so I've done that and I'm going to send two more arcane bursts her way. Uh, The first is a nat 20. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So that's uh, 13 plus four. So that's 17 uh, force damage. And then the second attack 25 to hit for eight more force damage. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she is starting to look rough as well. She has just been taking a beating. She gets zapped by lightning. She gets blasted with this, uh, with a blue ball and a spectral bird thing. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, is that your whole turn? Uh, yeah, that's my turn. Okay. Magram, what are you going to do? I'm going to try to talk to her while she's getting pelted. And I'm going to try to say... All this can stop, but you have to tell us who else knew about Wilhelm. Or about Wilhelm. Vil- Wilhelm? <laughs> you said, Wilhelm you sound so aggressive at the beginning, and you're like, wait, yeah, how do you say it again? <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. You say it just like you'd want to say it with your accent, Wilhelm. <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, Wilhelm, yes. We will see what she says if we get back around to her turn. Okay. Anything else you want to do, Magram? I mean, at this point, I mean, the. Uh, can I. One final thing I want to say before I let my turn go. I, I'm, I don't have any actions or bonus actions I'm going to do. Uh, I just want to also say I can even try to spare your husband and bring him back. All right. You have said those things. Everyone has heard you say those things. Sylvia, it is your turn. You are connected with the bitch bolt. Okay. I think uh, letting, letting go of bitch bolt, Sylvia is actually going to cast tech thoughts on this person. Okay. Um, and just kind of see if she can get a vibe for what what Kestrel's thinking. Okay. What does she have to do? 
for the duration, you can read thoughts of creatures, uh, focus your mind on one person within 30 feet. Oh, and she doesn't, she doesn't get to make a save for the initial, right? It's only if you want to dive deeper. Is that how that yeah, works Yeah, so again? initially okay. I just get the surface thoughts, and then if I want to dive deeper, uh, they make an intelligence, I think it is. Okay. So for the, for the surface thoughts, I usually just kind of pick one or two words to describe the overall feeling that that this person is having. Kestrel has not sadness, not sorrow, nothing like that. She has almost like, it's a pity. And you get this distinct like survival uh, instinct. I will kind of shout to Mogram and say, I, I don't think the offer of bringing him back is gonna be enough to stop her. Ornan, it's your turn. What are you gonna do? Clubber. <laughs> Ornan's gonna run. Um, up to her and stand okay. on the table opposite and just start clubbing at her. See what happens. All right. My first attack is a 12. That one probably misses. That will miss. The second attack, oh my gosh, is only a two. Oh, jeez. <sighs> that will well, miss as well. I'm going to spin the shaft. I'm going to take two more attacks. Okay. For a 14 to hit. Oh my gosh. That will miss. She is so fast, just like moving out of the way of all your blows. And my last one is a 13 to hit. Oh my gosh. That will miss as well. That will be my turn. Oh, okay. It is now Eldarin's turn. Eldarin is still back in the entry chamber, still frozen in place with the paralytic. And he rolls a 17. He, at the end of his turn, is no longer paralyzed. Okay. That brings us back to the top of the round with Kestrel. Kestrel is going to strike out three times at Ornan. Come at me. Natural one, 25, and a nine. I'm going to redirect the one hit towards Eldarin. Oh my gosh. She like you deflect the knife and like flies out of her hand and hits him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is um, eight damage to Eldarin somehow. You see her face goes from, she was, I mean, she was just like cute, almost cherubic a little bit, you know, um, her face screws up in anger and malice and she is going to, uh, 5'10", jump up onto the bar, staying in your threat range. Then she leaves your threat range, moves past Sylvie and out the door. So do I get to attack? You get one attack and so does Sylvie. <laughs> On redeem myself. Oh my gosh. A 14. So frustrating. Oh, man. All right, Sylvie? Uh, a 13, so sorry. That will miss as well. So she moves 30 feet, and then with her cunning action, she is going to use her bonus action to dash again. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. She is up the stairs and out into the stinky sewers, leaving Eldarin here. Guy, it is your turn. Damn it! Why didn't you kill her? And I'm going to go ahead and do a um, pass between. Okay. So I'm going to go 30 feet here into this room. Bloop. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'm, go I'm just going to run past Zeldarin. I'm not really worried. And I'm also going to run up. I can make it just out, the, out there as well. With I still have an action if I can still see her at the top of the stairs. Okay, let's first, let's do this. Eldarin, as you run by, he swings out with his sword uh, real quick that he has now drawn. Um, and he is going to roll 
a that's going to hit you. That is going to be a, a 21 to hit. And you are, go- oh my gosh, I forgot this guy. Woo! Five slashing damage and 13 poison damage. Woo! That's huge. Guy, you get to the top of the stairs and um, as you uh, come out from this uh, staircase up into this uh, level of the sewers, you can see you're in one of these chambers that has uh, this disgusting sewagey uh, water runoff uh, flowing into it. Um, there's a couple of like wooden platforms that go across this big pool in the middle. Uh, you can see that there's a tunnel going off to the west. You can see there's a tunnel heading off to the north. And you see running to the north, five feet from you, Kestrel. She is getting ready to leap across a small pool of this foul water and in an attempt to uh, get out of the sewers. You still have an action. She is right close to you. What are you going to do? I'm going to do a 20-foot radius uh, circle, a sphere that just catches her in the edge. It doesn't get me. Okay. I'm going to to cast... 20-foot radius? Mm Mm-hmm. All the way down that hallway. Invoke the void. There is a uh, a cloud of dark blue and black smoke that just fills the whole area. And the only thing that's really visible that you can see from within or without is there's every once in a while these flashes of like a violet energy. Um, that's a reflavoring of Hunger of Hadar. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it, it's weird because um, how, how it works is... It's difficult terrain, and it's and it's pitch black, so they can't see. Any creature that starts their turn in the area takes 2d6 cold damage, and if they end their turn, they must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 2d6 acid damage. So at the start of her turn, she will take cold damage, and then it's difficult terrain, and, it's, and she can't see in there. Okay. Um, that happens on her turn. Yes. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Well, let's uh, let's see. It is Magram's turn. Magram, what are you gonna do? So I'll come down through, like, just past Sylvie. So I guess we'll say that's probably fifteen feet of movement to get into the doors. And you're looking back into the antechamber where Eldarin is still standing. Yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll step in here, but I'm going to launch a burst of my irradiated hand crossbow darts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So I kind of pull a little clip out, throw that into the crossbow, and shoot these at him. Okay. 25 to hit. That will hit. And that does 15 radiant damage. Oh my gosh, that's a huge hit. So I think that's all I can do. So I will actually step back a little bit, so that way I'm not in the way of Ornan or anybody else that wants to kind of chase through that doorway. All right, Sylvia, it is your turn. You are kind of standing next to this doorway as well that leads back into the antechamber. What are you going to do? Uh, I think Sylvie will kind of make her way through the door um, and then will use the dash action to kind of follow Guy up those stairs. Okay, and Eldarin does not get another reaction. 5, 10, Suck 15, it. 20, 25, 30. 35, 40. So you have 20 feet of movement when I move you to this other map. You pop up right behind Guy on the stairs. Okay. I I think I will just hang out behind him for now. 
All right, you cannot see Kestrel, but you do see this swirling mass of of black darkness of uh, just... It's like hard physical smoke filling the space. All right, uh, going back now down to the other map, we've got Ornan. Ornan, what are you going to do? Club a dub a dub dub? <laughs> Ornan is going to run. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we should be. We should be the dub a dub club. That should be our party name. Um, Ornan is going to run into the other room and then up up to the stairs past Eldarin and then out the room. You're doing the dash action as well? Uh, yes, I'm going to do the dash action. Okay, so you've got then 25 feet left of movement when you get um, when you get up here. So that's 20 feet left now as you move up past Sylvie. Again, you cannot see where Kestrel is. You just see this swirling mass of solid smoke. Uh, since Ornan doesn't know where she is, um, his intention would be to run through the hall as far as he can get to try and find her. So my my goal would be to to run and jump across the, the sewer and get to the other wall here. Okay, so you're entering into this? Yes. Do I know that she's right in front of me? You actually, you can bump into her. But if you want to attack at her, it's going to be with disadvantage. Okay. Oh, no, yes, that's my dash. So I would, um, shoot. If I bump into her, yeah, I'll stay right there, and I'll say, um, she's right here, about to jump across the sewer. Oh, that was the wrong voice. She's right here, about to jump across the sewer. (laughs) And I will stay right there. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. And then when you actually did his voice, I'm like, oh, no, that's right. That sounds right. Okay. So how how much damage do I take? You have to make a uh, DC 15 dexterity saving throw. Ornan got a six. Okay, you take 2d6 damage. Let me roll that. Three damage. Hey, cool. (laughs) Three acid damage. (laughs) Nice. And then he's like stuck in place too? It's difficult terrain. Mm -hmm. Difficult terrain. Okay. Ornan, your turn is done. We have got Eldarin. Now, will Eldarin follow you guys up the stairs or tasty little Magrum? Downstairs I'll just left by him himself. There. <laughs> guys, guys. Okay, here's what I'll say. We're, we're, I'm going to roll a d6. On a one or a two, he comes after Magrum, and then on a, th- a three through six, he'll go up to protect his his boss. Um, let's see here. Oh, he is coming up the stairs. Better watch out. Better not cry. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's stuck behind <laughs> Sylvie, isn't he? Sylvie's going to get attacked. <sighs> Dang it, Sylvie, he hit me once for 18 hit points. Come at me, bro. Okay, he's still on the stairs, uh, coming up, rushing up behind Sylvie. Sylvie, there are going to be uh, two attacks coming your way, uh, stabbing at you with this rapier, a 10 or a 24? The 24 will hit. Okay, that is going to be uh, eight. It's actually piercing damage plus 11 poison damage. Jeez. Oh. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he hit it a second time. All right. And now that brings us back to the top with Kestrel. Kestrel needs to make a save. No. She started her turn there. She does not make a save at the start of her turn. She just takes cold damage. Oh, no matter what. If any creature that starts this turn in the area takes 2d6 cold damage, period. Okay. That's eight cold damage. Okay. Um, that is 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 
And then she's going to use her action to five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. You now cannot see where she's at because there is a big blob of solid smoke in the way, but you do hear the pounding of little footsteps. Dang it. So, Guy, you are up. You have this, uh, I don't know if you can tell that nobody's in there anymore. Well, if, um, I heard her fe- if I heard her footsteps running down the hall, then I would probably know, right? Uh, yeah, I think you would. Okay, I'm dropping it. All right. I run up 30 feet. I can see her there. You can see her down at the end of the tunnel, yeah. It looks like she's about to get back into the chamber that um, leads back up to the street. Um, it looks like she's close enough on her next turn. She will get out of the sewers unless you stop her now. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, fire two arcane bursts at her. Nat uh, one and a 12. Oh, right. yeah. Those all go wide as she just weaves and dodges left and right. Oh my gosh. Okay, I think, yeah, I'm going to pass between. I'm going to come up right next to her. So in order to get away from me, she's going to ha- oh, she's gonna have to disengage or kill me. <laughs> <laughs> or take an attack of opportunity. Okay, that's my turn. Okay, Sylvie. You are on the steps. You have Eldarin right behind you. He just hit you one time for massive damage. It seems like there's something coating his blade that makes it cause extra poison damage. All right. Sylvie is going to cast a Misty Step and step away from Eldarin and go towards... What's her name? Kestrel. Yeah, so I will head up that direction. That is, what, 30 feet? So, and then... Sylvie will will move up a little bit and then we'll recast Witch Bolt um, for a 14 to hit. That will miss. The blast goes wide. It gets drawn towards um, like a poop floating in the water instead. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when that happens. Poops in the water. Nature's lightning rods. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Magrim, what are you going to do? You're still down below. You can see Eldarin, like his feet at the top of the steps from where you're standing. Okay. Um, I'd have to dash to get up to him, though, wouldn't I? Yeah, you would. You can get to the center of the antechamber, and you can see him at the top of the steps, uh, but he's going to have some cover. I think I'm going to do this. Holding up the sentinel shield with one hand, I'm going to reach inside my vest with the other and pull out Kelimvor's symbol and summon up the Kelimvor swirling ether. Oh, And it's how many, what's the radius? 15 feet radius. Let me see if that is enough. You know what? Yes, he will be in the radius. Barely on the edge, but yes, he is right in in the edge of the radius, which means on his turn, then uh, he will take some damage from this uh, uh, miasma of uh, swirling radiance. Okay. Very cool. All right. Ornan, what are you going to do? All right. Ornan is going to run and jump across the sewer, following behind Sylvie. I can get down the hall and like 10 feet behind Sylvie, and then um, like 30 feet away from her. And I'm going to huck a hand axe. Okay. For Oh my gosh, I can't roll at all tonight. Here comes my second hand axe. Okay. For an 18 to hit. That will hit. Dealing eight slashing damage. Do it. Kill her. And... My stump hand, the spectral skeletal hand, was attached to the axe as I threw it, and it 
goes right into her face, and she needs to make a DC 14 strength save or be restrained. Oh, yes. She rolled oh. a 16. Oh, my gosh. This woman. Dang it. What's her strength score, though? It's a zero. Oh. <sighs> so she rolled a 16, and she saved. But she takes nine additional fire damage. Nice. What does that look like as you yes. hurl your spectral oh, hand man. at this oh. crow, this leader of the Ravenstone plant? The the hand just goes and like goes right into her face to brand it, and it just like melts the skin, and she just catches on fire and falls down dead. And then plops in the poop water. Well, we need to loot her, so no, she stays on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta loot that body. As she falls down dead. Um, it goes to Eldarin's turn, and he needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Difficulty 15? Uh, yeah. Okay, that's going to be half damage. Go ahead and tell me how much damage he takes. So he will take 13 damage, half to 6. Also, let's see here. An affected creature's speed is halved in the area, so it might be a little bit, it'll be kind of difficult terrain for him while he's still within the aura. All right. You're about 15 feet from him, so he can get right back downstairs to you. He glances around up here. Anyone who's watching can see him glance around with a panicked look on his face, then turn back down and head back down the stairs, and he is going to, with all of his movement, move back down to you and make two attacks against you, Magrum. Let's go! Oh, he rolled a natural yes. one and then a two. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, yeah. Let's go time. Oh, All right. Man. It's playtime. Bonesaw is ready. That brings us to Gee. <laughs> Gee, you are standing up there next to this uh, this body of this halfling who is, uh, who is burning from the spectral hand and hand axe. What are you going to do? I'm going to come back down to Sylvie, and I'm going to say... Let's go help out Mogrim, and I'm going to cast Thunderstep and move 90 feet back down and down those stairs into the room with Mogrim. All right. Okay, you are right back down in it. Sylvie, you are actually standing right next to Eldarin. No, I, would, I wouldn't. Put, I would position her back on the stairs or, or my, with me next to him. All right, very good. Okay, Guy, that's your turn. Mogrim, it's your turn. You are face-to-face with Eldarin, who has this poisoned blade that has been dealing some massive damage, but not to you. What are you going to do, Mogrim? first thing I do is this ethereal wind is kind of whipping around us in this cyclone here. I pull out my crossbow and I pump a couple darts of Hemexton Venom at him. He has to do a DC 15 wisdom save. Uh, That is a three. He is going to fail that save. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so he will take 2d12 damage, 11 damage. Oh my gosh. And then I yell out, come forth, Ignus. And uh, the hinky punk shows up. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> and the hinky punk shows up and reaches its wispy little fingers into this guy and hits him with a 21 to hit. That will hit? For 11 force damage. Oh, nice. oh my gosh. What does the Hinky Punk do as Eldar as Eldarin looks at this Hinky Punk floating next to him saying, what the hell is that? And then the <laughs> Hinky Punk gently, like, wispily touches his face and his chest with these little blue wisp-like hands and his eyes grow wide in terror and his face grows pale 
and the life just leaves his body and this weird soul is left in the hand of the hinky punk as it clutches it to its own chest and then it disappears Jeez. Oh my gosh. You see Eldarin <laughs> fall to the ground, a husk of his former oh, self. And we are going to cue victory music. Oh, oh man. My that God. did not go at all like I was expecting. <laughs> that did not go at all like I was expecting either. Scott, Holy you are cow. MVP just for getting that going. Oh my God. I was just—I don't know—I was just being random, and I I didn't expect any of that. So, well, so here's (laughs) the deal: this will be a real fun one to talk about uh, with your neighbor's bag of potatoes. But we're gonna stop there. It's your neighbor's potatoes. The 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 potato (laughs) the potato sack is where our patrons can leave us messages. Oh, that's right. right. Questions. We'll put it in the potato sack and we'll pull them out. Okay. Well, this will be a fun one to talk about in your neighbor's potatoes but we're gonna stop there for tonight holy cow that was awesome okay i spent a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) anyway all right guys well hey don't forget if you want to hear some insight into this episode um then go become a patron at the five dollar tier or above it helps us out and gets you some bonus content it even gets you a little late christmas gift from us to you and until we get together next time we hope you have a great time. <laughs>